What's up, everybody? Uh, we are back for another edition of Champagne Room Hoops podcast brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. As part of the Beyond the Big Ten podcast network, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and also on YouTube at Beyond the Big Ten. Also, make sure to follow along on all social media, Twitter, IG, and TikTok with the handle Beyond the Big Ten. Again, I am former Illini point guard Sam Maniscalco, again joined by Illini legends Brandon Paul and super swingman Billy Cole. And we have a very, very special guest today that was kind enough to join us, uh, former Illini head coach Bruce Weber. Coach, thanks for joining us and hopping on. How the hell have you been? I am doing okay. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's always great to reconnect with guys. Uh, One of the tough parts for me, just being at Purdue a long time, then Southern, then Illinois, then K-State, it's hard to keep contact with guys, you know, and and it's just, it's good to see all your faces. Um, You got Billy Christmas card with all the the kids. I feel bad for them. They all look like Bill. So, uh, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's good to, good to reconnect. Brandon, yeah, thanks thanks for joining, Coach. Brandon, give us a little update on, on your situation in Germany because it's been a few weeks since we've been last on. Yeah, uh, I just got back actually in town. Um, we had a short little break for this FIBA window, so got a chance to fly home for a few days, get in the gym with my trainer, tune some things up, uh, see my family. You know, my parents flew to town. Uh, we went to a couple of comedy shows and enjoyed my time in Chicago. Um but yeah, we're getting back into swing of things for the season this uh, this upcoming weekend. We got our away game, and uh, it's just right back at it. So it's probably about three more months in the season. So we're kind of winding down to the final stretch. Playoffs in play? Yeah, they are. They are. I think we're fourth in our Euro Cup, which is the international competition, and um, we're still battling. We're still trying to figure some things out in the German league. Uh, but we got a chance to to grab, I think, one of the last uh, one of the last playoff spots in the German league. Awesome. So let's let's tip it off and dive right in. Uh, it, it's been a few weeks since we've been on. So last time we talked, um, we were talking about that that trap Penn State game that uh, the Illini had. Um, and what happened is what we thought could potentially happen. They give up 93 points um, on the road. Um, not a good game. Um, then they followed up and go to Indiana with some surprising news that Terrence Shannon's in concussion protocol. So they lose arguably their best player. And in my opinion, that might have been one of their better performances of the year um, without Terrence Shannon in that Indiana game. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, the Penn State game, that was probably my curse because I was just assuming they were going to win that one. And then I, I think in general, I'm interested to get Coach Weber's opinion because we we've talked about it before, but we just struggle to guard like the teams that have that guy, right? The We've given up 41 to Jalen Pickett, 35 to Trace Jackson Davis, Tony Perkins scored 30 plus. So for me, like the, the Penn State game was like really shocking to me because it was like, eventually if we just keep talking about how much talent we have, what a good defensive team we are. And then we just have no answer for Pickett. He did whatever he wanted against multiple players. And so I guess Coach Weber, like how do you, do you think that I know you are also a man to man? Like I don't think we played more than five possessions of zone in my four <laughs> years at Illinois. Like, do you when you run into a player who's having a special night like that? Like, what 
is there anything that Brad maybe could change up or, or do differently? I just feel like sometimes we just throw different players at him. We don't we don't double anybody on the block. We didn't run a double team at Pickett the whole game. And it just he took over and dominated that Penn State game. Well, it's funny. I think both the games that week, Penn State and Indiana, were both teams that beat him at home. And I really think it's kind of styles and matchups that are really, you know, kind of bother them. Um you know, they, they do a good job when they can pressure the basketball. They do a good job when they can switch some things. But the way Penn State plays, it's just dribble drive. You know, they just – and, it, you know, and then they'll put you in a ball screen and get a switch. And they were so afraid of switching. And and I think, you know, a couple times they didn't want to switch and, and guys got stuck and he was able to get to the hoop pretty easily. And and the other part, I, I think it it's just – some guys, and I, I'm not an analytics guy, and, you know, some guys are so into analytics and worried about the three ball, and, and you know, instead of, you know, people, how do you, look at all the games, you know, it, it's, people are winning, you know, you've got to make some threes, but people are winning by dominating the twos and, mm-hmm. and scoring in the paint, and, and that, obviously, that, you know, they it's at Penn State. You got to be afraid of the threes, but if the if they just dealing with all twos, now the threes just add on to it. So, um, you know, there's always things you can second guess after. Uh, you know, that it, it you know can I, the one thing I would tell you for the league when I and I only we were in the Big Twelve and it was so different. The, the defenses, the styles of play were so different and. In the Big Ten, for the most part, everyone played the same way. Mm-hmm. And now you've got Nebraska pushing things to the side. Ice and ball screens, post trap, and Coach Lowry has, has helped the Northwestern defense with, you know, the post trap and switching a lot of stuff. Um, Maryland, Preston, they, they'll press into a zone, into a man on the same possession. And it's like, you know, crazy. Rutgers does different things. Uh, Indiana started switching, you know, so Illinois does different. So I really think it's going to help the league. Everyone, uh, you know, since I got back in and started doing the network stuff, everyone wants to know how can we win in the tournament? Well, I think because they're going against different defenses now and different styles of play, I, I really believe that's going to help them because, you know, you get in a tournament, you got one day to prep. And if you haven't gone against ice ball screen, you know, you're, you're done. You know, you haven't gone against a certain press or a zone into a man, you know, you're, you're probably in trouble. Um, I still remember Coach Gizzo, I don't know how many years ago it was, when they lost to Syracuse in the second game. And he just said, we only had one day to prepare for that zone. And they couldn't prepare in one day. If you haven't faced that Syracuse zone, uh, it's hard. So uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough thing, but I think it's a good thing, the different styles, the way Penn State plays. Um, you know, Maryland plays. I think it's going to help everybody in the league. And, um, you know, I don't know if I answered your question, but it's, uh, but, you know, at the same time, it's, it's, you know, you got to, you got to have, I always say go to war with more than one bullet in your gun. And if you only go, if you've only practiced one way of hedging or one way of doing something, and now they're torching you and you can't switch, you know, you, you know, it's, we have an old saying, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So you go in the game and, it, and you don't change anything, it, it makes it tough on you. Yeah, yeah I mean, and one thing we've talked about, Coach, on, on this podcast, I feel like it's been a recurrent theme regarding this Illinois team is um, 
searching for an identity, right? Um, where do they hang their hat? Defensive end, offensive end. They talk about how they hang their hat on the defensive end. Um, role defining is something we've talked about. And to me, you know, following this team all year, we're now in late February gearing up for Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament. And I still can't say definitively what kind of team this is. It's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde situation where you get this team that can beat anybody in the country, but also lose to anybody in the country. But I just don't see something necessarily that they hang their hat on on a nightly basis that they can go to when they need to. Yeah, I don't, I, I totally agree. And that's, you know, it's the best teams in the country or in the league or in the country, you know what they are. They're good at it. They, they get their identity. Uh, they hang their hat on it. Uh, that doesn't mean they can't, they don't change a little bit. You have to change every game's a little different, but they feel good. And I, you know, I think they, part of it, you didn't have some guys until the summer or even even no summer practice. So, you know, and, and you got a lot of young guys and they're learning. So I, I think it's been, a they've evolved, you know, and they've gotten better. They've survived some real tough patches of the season that early part in January. Oh my goodness. They struggled. And, you know, to, you know, to coach Underwood and their staff's credit, um, you know, they, they figured a few things out, but they still have not been able to do it consistently on, on either end. Like you say, I just, you just, you know, and, and I think some of it too, you guys know, if your best players play well, it makes it so much easier on the coach, you know, that it, it just, and if you put the ball in the hoop, it makes it easier on the coach too. You know, it's just, it's, you know, you, it's pretty simple to be honest, but, uh, but it's complicated because you got to get good shots and and you got to have you know you got to have that mentality you're going to stop somebody and take some pride in that. Yeah, I mean speaking to the the mentality of the team and just finding guys down the stretch. I think to we don't really have a guy right now. We've been in a situation, especially in the Indiana game. We've been in a situation where okay, we need a shot. And for me, I would like to see Matt uh, Meyer take that shot. You know, there's been a couple situations where he didn't get the ball at the last second and he probably got, should have got a look. And that's just talking about the identity of the team. Obviously, you have Terrence Shannon, who's their most pure scorer. Matt Meyer, who's the best shooter. And you got guys that can make plays and Jaden Epps and, and obviously Dane Danger. But when you start getting deep into the Big Ten tournament and you start looking towards the, the NCAA tournament, uh, like you just said, when your best players are playing the best, it makes it easier on the coach. And when you know that guy to go to, I think they got to figure that out because there were a couple of times where they didn't, they got a good look in Melendez, but you know, he's obviously had his shooting slump. Um, so I think once they figure out that identity and they have more confidence in themselves in that, uh, it'll help them take off. I would say that, and I've, I said this on the Big Ten Network, so I'm not just, I really think they have a chance when you upside and they get the right matchups and get hot at the right time. They, like you said before, you know, you can, they can beat anybody. And I, I think in the tournament, they could make a run, whether it's Big Ten or the NCAA. A lot of it, you know, you guys know, it's just, it's some of its matchups, who, you know, styles of play and who you're matched up with. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the tournament, so you get in the NCAA tournament, it's just always so crazy because, you know, you got to win one you're not supposed to. And, you know, it's, ball's got to bounce your way and you got to stay healthy, all those type of things. What do you think their ceiling is, Coach? Uh, I, I, think they, I think they could win win a couple games in the NCAA tournament. I really believe that. And, you know, you get, you know, something crazy happens, you never know. But um, I think they're capable of, of doing that. I, I really do. I think there's 
there's a handful of teams in the Big Ten that can that can win a couple games. You know, who can get to the Final Four? Uh, you know, it's going to take have to take a really good run and some good matchups and breaks to have that chance to do it. Can you talk a little bit about? I just think about today's like college basketball scene with the transfer portal. And like this roster, I mean, you touched on it a little earlier with your first answer. We basically have three Big 12 transfers leading us in scoring, and then we're mixing in a really good freshman class. But I just think with, like, it's changed so much, right? Like, I think about to my own situation, and now if freshmen don't play a lot right away, it's like they have this quick, easy out parachute. Um, just, just speak to, like, how much it's changed and how do you, how would you, like, how did you have to adjust building like class after class after class versus towards the end, maybe just going out and getting a missing piece. Well, I think we always took pride in now. Sammy was a missing piece. We brought him in at the end. Right. So, but um, I started the trend. (laughs) You started it. Yeah. Um, I always thought it was important to build and get a continuity. And if you look at, you know, my, you know, obviously we were pretty lucky with Darren and those guys, that group, but, you know, we we had at Kansas State, uh, you know, after four after three, four years, we got a group that was competing for the Big Ten, Big 12 championship. And, you know, and then, you know, we kind of started over. But I, I'm not sure with fans now, they want that. They want instant success. Right? I'm not, and then they, the AV's got to listen to the fans because they're getting hassled and, uh, but it's funny, I, I went back last weekend, we celebrated our Southern Illinois um, Sweet 16 run with that group, Kent Williams and Jermaine Deerman and, and that, Rowan Roberts, that group, which was, you know, unbelievable group. And, you know, we won the most games in the history of school. And, you know, you go to Sweet 16 at Southern Illinois, that's pretty impressive. So, um, and, and, you know, those guys talking there, they said if – if there was NIL and the portal, then they wouldn't have been at the Sweet 16 celebration because they would have left, like you said, Bill. You know, when it didn't go right or it didn't, it wasn't perfect. Uh, they would have left, but they, you know, they stuck with it. We had, I think, three of our guys are in the SIU Hall of Fame off of that team, and then the next group there's another two or three that you know, Coach Lowry's group that we helped recruit. Um, you know, but those guys, you know, they stayed the course and. Uh, stuck with it, and they, you know, four years later, pretty good. One of the biggest things in college basketball now is to get old and stay old, you know. And and it's it's and you know, how do you do that with the portal? I guess you know, or you know, get if they can. I think Illinois' key thing will be keeping those young freshmen because that's a pretty good group. Can you keep them and then keep adding a piece or two, you know, to the mix? Yeah, how does it change? So, I mean, it's got to change the whole thought process of a staff, right? When you have a staff, are you, I mean, you're you're not, gone are the days of going in someone's living room, a family's living room and building a relationship, right? And somebody that fits your culture or somebody that fits your mold and what you've built at a a specific institution or school. Is there any of that anymore? Um, Purdue, I would tell you, Matt Painter has stuck with it and he's been able to get the, the kids he wants to coach. Um, you know, you know, to his credit, I think Michigan State, you know, the, the Michigan State fans uh, are mad because he didn't go in the portal more. And, the, you know, worst case scenario, his schedule caught up with them and, and um, injuries caught up with them. But, uh, you know, I still think they, you know, the way they've scored the last two games, I think yesterday was just a, 
you know, just a tragedy for them, the way they lost the game. But uh, I think they can, they can get healthy and score like they do. They can make a little bit of run too, because they got some guys that have been together. Um, so, you know, there's certain, uh, you know, but it's going to be hard, I'll be, you know, to keep guys and, and then you, you want great chemistry. Um, I was lucky. I reached into portal two guys, two guys a year ago or two years ago, and both of them ended up being good teammates and it, it helped, but you don't know, you know, when you came Sam, you were, you know, we kind of knew you from your past and your dad and you know, people have been around you, but, um, you know, it's, it's such a hard thing, uh, you know, when you're just bringing a guy in that you haven't watched and you're just kind of, you know, you can call coaches, but what are they going to tell you? You know, they, right. they badmouth somebody, they're going to get, you know, they're going to be in trouble in the long run. So, Yeah, then you stuck Sam with me and I had to deal with them all year. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we've created a lifelong relationship, so thank you yeah, for that, Coach. whatever, whatever. Yeah, um, so. How about a dark horse team in the Big Ten? You've probably watched more Big Ten basketball than all of us this season, but who, who's a team that maybe is not, you know, up there in the t- top of the standings that, that can make a run or, or do some damage if they get the right matchups? I, I, I really think I mentioned Illinois. I mentioned Mich- Michigan State. Those are the two I brought up on the, on the air the other night. I think Maryland is on a hot streak. They're finally making some shots. Uh, they got, again, are they, they're old, you know, and they, and their style is pretty, you know, if you haven't faced that style, but they, the question is, can they play well away from home or play with that same, you know, passion and energy? Um, Iowa can score. Now, can they guard anybody? Um, you know, Indiana impressed me last night. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, and I, you know, obviously I was at Purdue a long time at Illinois and they're not our, that's not been our favorite team through the years. And, and uh, but they they were they were tough last night. He he changed it around. They were oh my goodness, they were awful in January. You talk about getting torched, you yeah. know. At Penn State, it was just they did whatever they wanted. But to to their credit, Coach Woodson's credit, they turned it around. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, you know, he called the team out, and they got they got torched by Penn State. Mm. But the next game after that, he kind of put him on his back, and he's he's had an unbelievable run. Now, he didn't score much last night, but but he's played hard. He rebounds. He blocks shots. Their he's defense so is much better. I got a question, yeah. Coach. Um, something we brought up before was this, this freshman class at Illinois this year. They stick out as being like – you know, regardless of what happens this season, we've brought it up on a few past episodes, just how strong they are. Like, uh, just a, something that, like a real rock of a foundation if they all stay, right? Yes. I guess, uh, to me, it's been a little surprising. Jalen Epps, like really early on was like, you looked at him and you were like, wow, he's a he's a scorer for the future, right? And then all of a sudden, kind of halfway through this, the season, Sincere Harris came out of nowhere, changed a few games around. And now it seems like, Ty Rogers might be like, you know, all of a sudden last five games, he's probably the best one. Uh, so I guess my question would be like, which, which of those three would be like, as a coach, if you were recruiting one, which of those three is like, are you like, yes, that's, that's the best one. Or that's who I would start my class with just because well, I think they are, they're such a strong class. Yeah, no, it is. They are a strong class. And, and I think they're just doing what most freshmen do. What happens? You have your ups and downs, right? And uh, it's hard. But I, I like Epps because I think he's a little better scorer and he can guard on the ball. You know, if, if I'm going to pick one of the three, but mm-hmm. Ty Rogers, according to 
you know, when you hear NBA people, they're talking about him because of his, his length and that, you know, the way modern basketball is, you know, that as mid-sized guys that, that are versatile, that can guard people, uh, you can make threes. You know, I think that's the big question, you know, with him, can he get to where he can make shots and, 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 and find a role in the NBA. But, and then Harris is just big time, uh, big time defensively. So they, you know, I know Chester, I've talked to him quite a bit, Frazier, and, and, you know, he, he loved those guys. He recruited, I think he had involved with the recruitment of uh, at least two of them, you know, because they're from out his area. So, you know, they, they remind me a little bit of Chester, but they can, they can actually make some shots. So then, <laughs> nah. We won't tell them you said that. that. They don't shove that point guard guarding them right in front of the basket like we had to deal with a few games. <laughs> yeah, you I'm, can I'm, see some sincere Harris or some Chester Frazier and sincere Harris, yeah. especially on the defensive end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And no fear and yeah. just get into you. And, Dog yeah. mentality. Um, it, it, I, speaking of Chester, I was glad you brought him up because – you know, obviously, we had him as a graduate assistant. Um, you know, he would dog us in practice. He always had that that killer instinct. He always he was one of the guys that I was I've been around in my career that genuinely loves the game of basketball. He loves yes. learning it. He loves teaching it. Uh, he loves to be around it, and he wants to see guys succeed. So you've had him as a coach. You've seen him at the professional level. Uh, you had him as a player. So talk about your relationship with him and how you've seen him. You know, because I wanted to give him his flowers. You know, he's, he's, he's done great in his career, and, I've, and I love seeing him continue to, to, to build his career. Well, yeah, I think of any guy I'm as close to as it would probably be him just because of his, you know, I, I went when I went to recruit, I went to watch another kid at, at Notre Dame prep, and then mm-hmm. it was early in the morning. It's like 6.30 in the worst gym you've ever been in, and Schefter's diving on the floor. He's making shots. He's running around like crazy, and I – the other guy sucked, to be honest. And I, I called back to our guys. I said, he's horrible, but this other kid, and we brought him in, and, you know, he loved being there. And obviously he had his, his ups and downs, but, um, you know, I really think he's going to be a, a great head coach uh, when he gets his opportunity. I know all the young guys are so impatient. You know, I, I waited 18, 19 years to get one. And in this day and age, it's kind of, oh, man, I'm, I've, been, I've been assistant for four years. You know, it's like – but he's moved up the ladder. He's got, and I think the good thing when he left me at K State, he, you know, one he wanted to go back near his mom in Baltimore. You know, that was part of it. But um, I thought it was important for him to diversify himself and be around different people and styles and get different connections. And then he made the trip back to Illinois, and mm-hmm. you know, he called a bunch of times and we talked about it. So um, I think it was it was a good move for him. Now he just got to get the good fortune of being a. Uh, you know, getting a chance as a head coach. And I, I just hope the big thing with him is make, you know, you don't have to just take a job. You got a good job. Make sure it's a job you can win at. And that, you know, that's important. But, you know, proud of guys like him and, and you know, Brian Randall's done well with the Suns. And, you know, we got a bunch of guys out there. Half, it was almost, I think on my Southern Illinois team, six or seven guys are coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that team and you know that for me that you know I'm proud as a as a coach that you know we had that effect on them and they hopefully they you know you know our influence you know got them into coaching yeah I just went and saw D Brown coach over at Resident yes. in Chicago and uh, I ran into yes. James Augustine there so I, I got to catch the game with James Augustine um, last week which was cool 
Yeah, he told me. I had lunch with him this week, and I mm-hmm. and I talked to D. They got they kind of had a they had an unbelievable season. They had a tough finish, lost yeah. the last couple games of conference, didn't win the league, and then got beat. And uh, but he was like always, oh, he was pretty upbeat, you know. And uh, you know, I talked. I think I talked to D on Tuesday, and he was pretty upbeat about everything. Thinks he he likes his niche, and he got a chance to be mm-hmm. a head coach. And um, you know, he you know how you guys have been around him. He yeah. just is. He's a pipe piper and, and, you know, he gets people to follow him. And, I, you know, if he gets the right opportunities, I think he'll have a chance down the road to be a pretty good coach too. Yeah, he's another one. Coach, who are, who are one or two guys in, in your long, illustrious career, who, who, who have been the most influential for you as a coach? Uh, you know, I was with Coach Katie all those years, 19 years. So, you know, it – you know, between my dad, who, who actually coached a lot like your dad, uh, and Brandon's mom, you know, just, you know, was always involved. He, he ran playgrounds. He ran uh, rec centers. He, you know, we, he coached us all. And then, you know, Coach Katie all those years uh, was, was so important to me, you know, just kind of learning. But I, I had, you know, I was so fortunate. If you think about when I was in the Big Ten way back, you're talking Judd Heathcote, Lou Dolson, Bob Knight. You know, just you can go on and on uh, with guy Tom Davis at Iowa. You know, Coach Henson at Illinois. I mean, I did. You know, it's just these are all Hall of Famers, and we were scouting in person at that time. So I, I just learned so much basketball, just you know, being around those guys. And then when um, you know Kevin Stallings was with us at. Purdue, he played for us, and he was a GA, and then he was assistant, and then he went to Kansas, and I got to be around uh, Kevin, you know, and kind of, you know, just got a little bit of viewpoint of the the Dean Smith, the Roy Williams, that kind of group, and their philosophy and stuff like that. So it was interesting to to see what they, you know, how they did things, and everyone does it a little different. There's a lot of different ways to win. How about a question, a, coach? I'll go ahead. Um, just to shout it out, like a lot of when we told a lot of fans that you were coming on this week, everyone's still stuck on like the 05 team. So <laughs> I feel like we got to get we got to get like one sh- one call out there. Is there a story throughout that? I'm sure you've told a lot of them by now, but is there like a story that pops out during that whole stretch when you guys were undefeated or even? maybe in the tournament where you're just like, people had no idea like this was going on or like, what, what's a story that people might not know just to get to be a little nostalgic about that team? Well, I think first of all, how hard it was the first year we had them, you know, they, everybody was, I always laughed and I couldn't understand Bill self left. He didn't want to be there. I came, I wanted to be there and people were killing me. And, and it's like, this dude just left you and you're killing me. What the heck is it? And then it, <laughs> It took a while to get everyone to buy in. And for some reason, I don't know why, but Darren Williams, I knew some people that knew some people, you know, and he, we connected pretty well. Uh, James Augustine was really good, but it took a while for D. D, you know, D and, and Coach Self were pretty close. Um, different styles of play, I guess. Um, you know, I told these things that I thought were truthful. I guess sometimes, you know, he didn't want to hear those things. You know, and then Looser kind of, you know, he Looser got in trouble and I stuck with him and I got killed for that. And, you know, and then he ended up, you know, being, being a really, really good player. And, 
So that that whole thing, we were awful in the Big Ten at the start. Wisconsin drilled us, and, and uh, Devin Harris was just killing us. Calling them names, I'm not going to mention calling our guys names that, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say on here, but – and we, you know, we got them back and, and then, you know, it just went an unbelievable run. If you look at it, it's like 50, 50 something and four or something over a stretch. But, um, you know, and, and part of it was when D kind of finally bought in and, and you know, he became, they always, they always talk about Coach Murphy made me become a basketball junkie. And, you know, so he, he like you talk about Chester Brandon, you know, he loved the game. He studied it. Those guys would they had fun just like you guys did, but we'd win a game and go back and watch the game. And, and they would like tell me stuff. Then they'd go party. Then they'd go to the back to the up and, and shoot in the middle of the night. I mean, they were, they were crazy. So it's uh, you know, it was a special group, but it, the people, the pressure, the, the notoriety we got, I, I mean, it, we couldn't, we couldn't even go in in the hotel. We had to go underneath the hotel mm. to get up. We had to come in like uh, service elevators, and people were waiting outside of the the oven with basketballs, getting them signed because we were gonna be, you know, undefeated team. You know, we end up losing the last game, but balls were going for five hundred bucks, and I mean, they couldn't go anywhere. Um, we had to sneak them in. We were at one of the last games. We were up at Northwestern, and they there was a coach. I think it was even called Coach. Maybe the movie uh, came out. We took him to the theater, and we had to sneak him up into the theater. And, the, and I, those guys, I didn't go because we were watching the film, but they said they got a standing ovation in the theater. You know, oh. just like craziest stuff. Um, obviously, the ride to the Final Four was just was so amazing and special. The Arizona game, uh, you know, got to still go down as one of the best of all time in, in anybody. I mean, I see people all over the place, and they talk about it, not just the line, I think. So, uh, you know, we were just a little short. We were two possessions short of perfection. Uh, mm -hmm. the Ohio State, that last one, and then, you know, Luther and, and Darren both had shots to either tie or win against Carolina. So, but they, that, it was a unique, special group. Um, fun to coach, easy to coach. They loved it, and uh, you know it was just just amazing. It was it was kind of right. You know, my mom died that year on the way to the final four. Actually, at the Big Ten tournament, she came to the game and then passed away. And you know, right, my last thing she told me, she said, she said, "I wish your dad was still alive." My dad had passed. Um, before that, and he, she just said it's like a fairy tale because you're, you know, we were on everything. We were on CNN. We were on things that like basketball is not supposed to be on CNN. You know, it's mm -hmm. like so it, it, you know, so it was it was pretty special. Can you imagine if there was NIL back then in 2005? Oh God, those guys. Yeah, that hey. would have been tough to navigate. <laughs> There's no way. Those guys that we played with, they would have been, been worse. So. Yeah. What, besides their besides their obvious talent, which which we all know and Illini fans know, what was the most important ingredient of that team? Like, what was what brought everything together? I just that one that they didn't care if who. I think the biggest thing is Darren didn't care if he got the publicity. Yeah, you know, and D obviously D he was the face of the program, and and then James was a great teammate. I, I think their togetherness was so good but also their understanding of the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, they would just, they, 
They studied it. They learned it. We didn't have to. Darren would tell me something like in February. He said, Coach, you told me this in October. And I'd like, I didn't even remember I told him that. And he's like, I said, if I told you, I guess we should do it then. Why not? Let's do it. So, you know, they would see things that, you know, that your average guy wouldn't see. And so that that part of it was, I think that their togetherness and also, um, you know, just their understanding, their love of the game and, and being students of the game. So I always said, Darren, Darren said I worked too hard. He, he didn't want to be a coach. But I always thought Darren be a good coach. Obviously, D is a good coach. Uh, you know, I think James would be, but he's too impatient with people. So he, <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't think he can do it. So, but, uh, you know, and Roger obviously has done really well in the, in the coaching profession out, now out of Gonzaga. So. How much of a change have you seen in players? Like you just talked about how they were students of the game. They studied, they watched film. You don't, I don't, I feel like you don't see that as much now because guys just want to go out there and they want to show off what they've, exactly. They just want to hoop, they want to work on the skills. They want to do what they did with their trainer over the summers. But you, you, like, as I'm getting older and I'm starting to watch the game more as a, you know, from a, from a coach, from a scout, from a fan, from the outsider, film helps so much and it would have helped me a lot more had I taken it more serious in my career, to be honest. Yeah, you can learn so much. Um, that that preparation is uh, one ingredient. You know, you, good teams have togetherness. Usually they have toughness. If they have talent and toughness and togetherness, they're really special. But then if they're coachable, you add that fourth ingredient and that takes it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm not kidding. Those guys would go watch the game. Darren would get mad because we'd watch film. And I'd say, this is not for you, Darren. It's for the other guys. And because you got to play with them, and if you if you, they don't know what's going on, you're going to be mad. So we got to make sure that they know what's going on. So um, you know that it it's changed, Brandon. You're right. There's no doubt that the under you know learning the game, the understanding the game. Uh, but if you know if you want to play professional basketball, and you want to play in the NBA. You know, mm-hmm. the talent's one thing. But you you got to figure out a role. You got to figure out. You got to understand concepts and all that stuff. And if you can figure that out, you can. If you got the talent and the you know the size and athleticism, you can stay in the league a long time. Yeah. I've got one question that I I know uh, we've talked about it on the pod, and and Bill might like this one, Brandon too. So. We joke around, obviously, as ex-players about you know we reminisce on our times and stuff in, in college, and so. Where did the mile run come from? It actually it started at at Purdue. You know, you, you guys don't understand. Years ago, we couldn't work with the players all summer. Mm-hmm. We couldn't work with them in the fall, and and so now what the conditioning was so important. We'd have eight mm-hmm. weeks of conditioning. You know, you you think you guys had it bad? Ask the old school dudes that. I actually you know, miss it, but. <laughs> But we we did a mile run. Actually, the NBA going back, Brandon, you asked some old guys. I mean, they had a mile run, a two mile run. They come to practice to start a training camp and, and they get fined if they couldn't, you know, meet their times. It was it was usually somewhere between 12 and 13 on that, two, And they were had to get under the six. Wow. And, you know, but it's it doesn't basketball is so unique because you got to have endurance. Right. Because you go up and down. But you also have to have explosion, you know, so that's where the weight, the, you know, the quickness, all that stuff. 
um, and obviously the, the agility and all that stuff. So it's such unique to me. That's what makes basketball so special. It involves so many different things, you know, beside the skill and all that stuff. But you need all those type of conditioning and, and you know, explosion and, and quickness and all that. So it, it was just a test. You know, it was a test to see what you had. And, you know, we, you've been there. You probably have great stories. We had guys crying and dying. And just, <laughs> those guys, those guys mile, mile time still going and on. Coach McClain said, you know, in New York Times, you know, 5.30 and you get 5.31 and Coach McClain, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was my story on the last pod because he scared the uh, – that was the scare, the most scared I've ever been in my life was – like my senior year, I had like dove across the finish line with 558 or something. <laughs> and he just did his little waddle over and was like, Billy, I haven't seen you in one big fucking drill all year. And you're going to run the mile with the bigs? He's like, something's off here. Hold on. I got to go talk to Jimmy. And I'm thinking like. There is no chance. You run 545 or 530. If I have to run 530, I'm going to have to transfer because there, uh, there's no chance I can do that. And uh, I think he was just messing with me. And he was so deep inside my head that he knew, like, he just looked at me and he knew. He was like, I'm going to mess with him. But that that did come up on the last, uh, we, yeah. were, we had like a whole special dedicated to the mile run and how like DJ would show up with like cheese fries in the locker room and run like a 445 no, with no stretching. And then you've got, like you said, the, the other half of the crew is, is in the locker room, like completely meditating, about to cry because you, you, it's like, I know if I don't pass it, I'm going to have to run this tomorrow morning. Yeah, Luther, Luther Head was four something, you know, under five. It was unbelievable. He didn't even like, you know, That's so crazy. but I think but when you talk about it, Sam, you asked what 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 did you guys just talk about? It brought you together. It oh, yeah. makes you tough. You know, you just guys cheered for each other they you know and you had to come back on friday to make your time in the morning guys would show up and be yeah. there for you you know all that stuff some of it is you know the the players against the coaches you know you're gonna <laughs> and, and that's part of the whole thing but you need some of that right yeah I mean, that builds yes. a healthy program and a healthy culture yes yeah mile, there's no doubt 30 and i had to run it again because it was before <laughs> Well, let's like, run again. We'll get it next time. I promise you that. <laughs> hey, but Bill talked about, I mean, I've seen guys, you know, on the track dive and they got all the stuff in their face and they're, they're cut on their knees and stuff. And they just, I mean, that's how much it meant to, to make it. So I don't know, personally, in college was the hardest I've ever done in my entire career. Even now, yeah, I mean, you're in the best shape of your life. Fun. No doubt about it. In my mile run experience, we didn't do that when I was at Bradley. So, and I had heard about it, and I was nursing the ankle, you know, injury, and so I wasn't really up to speed with my conditioning and stuff, and didn't think I was going to have to run it. And then I had to run it, and I and I made it on pure adrenaline and stuff. But yeah. like you said, it was a mental thing. It was a yeah. hurdle that, and I'm glad I, I was forced to run it uh, because, like you said, it, it brings people together. Um, but but you mentioned which we've had a few previous episodes where we've spoken about um, Coach McClain and obviously Peoria legend, Illinois legend, his influence on um, Peoria basketball, Illinois basketball, and, and we gave him his flowers and, and what a great guy. We all had the opportunity to, um, you know, play for him and you had the opportunity to coach with him. So talk a little bit about, you know, the late great Coach McClain and, and what he meant to Illinois basketball and you personally. 
Oh, just, you know, not just Illinois basketball, but Illinois high school basketball, too, and, and Peoria basketball. And I think more than anything, beside basketball, what he's meant to so many people, you know, and, and just uh, he, he, he that behind all the hardness and the toughness, there is no one with a bigger heart. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Um, he cared about people. He cared about my daughters. You know, he the best. So we're having a recruiting visit at our house. Emily was going to prom, you know, at, at a young age with an older guy. And we were telling Wayne that, you know, because the coaches, everyone's at the dinner, you know, at the house. And so this kid drives up and he's got some loud car, you know, and he's, and we were like, we, you know, we didn't want her to go. It was homecoming, I think, because it was in the fall. So Wayne went out first and he goes, what's with this car? He just starts, you know, and this kid doesn't even know who the heck he is. He walks out the door. And, and this kid was just scared. And he goes, I don't, I don't, this Emily's my girl. Uh, you're not messing with Emily. And you better get her, get her home tonight. That's and you bet this car, you get picked up by the police. I'll be coming after you. This kid, he wanted to get out of that. He didn't want to take pictures. He didn't want to do that. Wow. Anything. But, uh, you know, he just was so good. Uh, you know, he cared so much about so many people. Um you know, and he was always funny. You got, you know, and it was always sarcastic. Yeah, uh, you know, he just, I still remember a scouting report. He was talking to Brian Randall and he said, Brian, stand up. And then he said, you know, you were outstanding last game. And Brian's all proud and smiling. He goes, you were out there standing Brad, the whole game, you know, just, and uh, it was just, it was funny. So, it, you know, and just, you know, and then he would, he wrestled. I don't know. Was he still wrestling when you guys were there? I He used to wrestle Darren, and I thought yeah, he was crazy. Yeah, he would punch people. He would just, he was going oh, at guys. It would be oh, hilarious he, to see guys try to, like, defend themselves. Yeah. He hit hard, I mean, too. He, I was like, this is crazy. When I got there, this hard. dude's like, this wasn't play. I mean, these dudes, I'm like, Darren's going to get hurt. This guy's a you know, $100 million guy. We better yeah, not wrestle. Hands. He had hands. <laughs> I remember my, I think I told this one, I, I was playing, it was me and um, Mike Davis versus, I think, Bill Cole and Mike Tisdale. And we were playing two on two, four court. It was like an individual in my freshman year. And I'm just dead. I'm dogging it up and down the court. And it's literally just whoever, I think it was you and Tisdale just running up and down playing against Mike Davis because I was like walking. And um, <laughs> you're watching, you're yelling at me. Coach McClain walks in. He's he just he's got his hands in his pocket. He's walking down. He's he's watching what's going on. He's like, "Shit, coach, this is Mr. Basketball. It's more like Mrs. Basketball. Why we sign him? He can't even play." And I just remember that like stuck in my head like the rest of like the first week of individuals. Like, All right, this guy, this coach doesn't like me. Let me let me lock back in. Let me let me get my stuff together. Um, but I just remember so many funny stories with him, and he was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're just so good and just so sad. And even he was at K State, he came with me just for like nine months or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Even those guys still talk about, you know, his legend mm-hmm. just in that short time. He'd mess up their names and call them names and all, you know, just, just had a lot of, had a lot of fun. You guys, you remember the padding on the walls and the inside the gym? Darren mm-hmm. always said, you know, when Coach McClain would start walking or running in the gym, he, he'd run into the wall. So he, Darren said, we had to put pads up so he wouldn't get hurt. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the funny. sad part is, one time a person comes to Ubbin, she drives up and she said, I, I just want to tell you, I just saw Coach McClain laying on the street bleeding. 
And I said, what happened? He, he ran into the stop sign because he ran with his head down and oh, he ran no. into the stop oh, sign. Oh, man. And so he comes back, you know, he blows, you know, he says, oh, it's no big deal. And he's bleeding. And so, he was but, a tough dude, man. Yes, he was. So Southern Illinois in the early 2000s, um, mid-2000s, obviously an illustrious career at Illinois. And then you go to K-State for 10 years and are successful there. How about a little bit how the, you've been able to adapt to the game changing so much over those years? You know, that 20-year run of how much the game's changed and how you were able to, you know, adapt with a different player and things like that. You know, I think the big thing, and this is something Coach Katie, my old boss, and if you guys were, you guys are pretty young before, you know, he was, you know, he was, you looked at him, you talk about Coach McClain being tough. Coach Katie was one of the toughest dudes around. And, and he told me, if you don't, if you don't stay flexible and change, you're not going to stay in the business. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, whether it's the players, the kid, you know, the style of play, the game has changed. You know, for me, I'm I'm going back to the shot clock, to the three-point line, to, you know, the, all the AU started, you know, all this. I, I still remember Coach Katie, he called me when I went to Southern. He goes, I got a question for you. I said, you're asking me a question? I'm supposed to ask you the questions. And, and he goes, do Terrence call you? And I said, yeah, the Terrence call me. He goes, they're calling me. I don't know what to say. Usually they, they were so afraid of him. They never called. And that's when you asked about changes, you guys all, it, it was to me, it's not the kids as much as the parents and their involvement and not allowing failure, not allowing, you know, you know, some of that toughness and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, and I think it's important. I, Ron Gunther brought it up to me. He said, you've done an unbelievable job with your staff. And he said, you have somebody in your 20s, you know, Chester, and and then you have, you know, somebody in the 30s and somebody in the 40s. And so, yeah, I, I kind of tried to follow that model so that you had, and I tried to get somebody I've been a head coach too, because they could help me then. Because once it's so different being a head coach, it's it just you, the responsibility, accountability, the pressure is so different. So, you know, you get, you get some younger guys that can keep, you know, keep relationships and be there with the guys and talk to them. And then you get, you know, some, you know, get an older guy like, you know, Coach McClain that's been through the war. So mm-hmm. I think all those things kind of help, help me as I progressed and stayed current with it. And, and to me, it's about the players. You know, I just, the one thing I miss, you know, you know, the coaches meetings and the players meetings and the workouts and practice. And that's what I miss more than anything. What about a memorable, memorable? If if you could pick one or two games over the course of your career, any place that are that are most memorable to you? Um, you know, I, I it, it's uh, one. I guess one at Purdue, Ben Robinson getting forty nine against Illinois to win the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. Um, they try. You talked to all those guys that played DJ Real. All those guys, they all tried to guard them. Tom, Tom, Michael. I think they all. And but the the crazy story is. We're, we're on natural TV on the last Sunday and we're, if we win, we win the championship. And Glenn just, I told coach Katie, sit back and let him enjoy his last game in Mackey. And, but at the end, he's, I said, coach, take him out. And he, and he goes, I said, let him get a standing ovation. You know, we're winning, we're up 10 or something. And the players start yelling at me. And I, I didn't know he had 49. And so the players are, so then I, 
coach takes him out. People are going, I said, coach, he's got 49, put him back in. And coach started yelling at me. He's like, you're crazy. We're on national TV. I'm going to put him back in. And like, people will kill me. And like, so that game was really important. Uh, obviously the, the Arizona game was, you know, just amazing to, to go then go to the, you know, to go to the final four. Uh, Southern Illinois to beat the United Center to get to the Sweet 16 to beat Coach Knight, and then we beat Georgia. They were a two seed. Um, you know that was that was really special. And then at K State, um, you know, winning the we won the Big 12 championship um, three years ago, and that was the they you know they we won two over there, and they had won one in 40 some years, 45 years, so. Uh, we won at home the last night, and a lot of people say it was one of the greatest Bramlage, Mo- Bramlage Coliseum moments. So, and we went to the Elite Eight. That was, you know, to beat Kentucky. Um, and at the end of the game, we didn't have uh, our best player, Dean Wade, who plays for the Cavs. Now, um, you know, he was hurt. He broke his foot, and we still went to the Elite Eight without our best player. And, and at the end of the game, we didn't have anyone over 6'5 in the game, and we, we shut them out and won the game. So that was, that was pretty special. Do you have a favorite recruiting story or a funny one or anything oh, that pops in your mind? I mean, there's just, there's just so many, um, you know, you talk about coach McLean. So we're recruiting Sean Livingston. So we, we went over to the gym and then, you know, at Peoria and watched some practice and we're going to go do a home visit and, and coach McLean, you know, he's from Peoria. I'm not I, like, you know, this is before GPS and all that stuff. So hmm. I, he told me how to get to the house. And so he said, well, I'm going to go run around, see some people. I said, okay, I'll meet you there. I'm going to grab something to eat. And then, well, I get to the house and he's not there. And I'm like waiting and waiting. So I finally call him. And then, you know, he, he wasn't good on directions. And um, I said, hey, I'm at Sean Livingston's house and you're supposed to be here. This is your you're truth. He goes, I got lost. I said, in Peoria? I had to get lost in Peoria. So... Um, but there's just so many stories just going in homes and, you know, the old school stuff, you know, we just, you know, just, uh, you could see a kid so many times and all that. It, it so changed from when I started. Do you know who your first recruit was? Like your first official recruit? Uh, you know, there was a group, um, at Purdue. It would actually, they called, they were called the triplets that, Troy Lewis, Todd Mitchell, Everett Stevens, and we won back-to-back Big Ten championships, and those three are all in the, you know, uh, they have their jerseys hung up. That group was uh, pretty special. That was that first group, and um, kind of that I was kind of spearheaded, I guess. I don't know if it was my first recruit, but, you know, when I was at GA, you could recruit. That's why it's so different. I'm at Western Kentucky. I recruited all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I got to Purdue, I recruited for a while. And then they changed the rule. Ukraine was recruited as a third guy. And then, then I got moved up the next year to, to being a full-time guy. So, Bill, you got anything? No, I, I think we're, uh, we're, we're – I, I just want to tie it back to this Illini team. First of all, yes. of course, those are awesome stories. But um, – one or two things that you think for this team, because because we've talked about it as a group, like we think from man to man, they're such a talented team, right? I mean, yeah. they got guys that have been through it before. They got a nice mix of freshmen. Um, just things like 
bad shot selection, not the highest IQ team, turn the ball over too much on the road. There's certain things that we've talked about ad nauseum throughout this this season that are things that can come back to bite them and are, are kind of their Achilles heel. But what's what's a thing or two you think that this team, if they do this consistently over the next few weeks, they could potentially make a run. Yeah, I, I think one, their best players got to play well. They got to be consistent if you're going to have a chance. So then everyone else can play their role. You guys talk about roles and you, you, you got to have you got to have some kind of roles that, you know, to play those roles. Um, I think that's important. I think they got to take some pride in their defense. I think their defense can create offense when they they beat Northwestern the other night. They got stops on defense, got transition, and they got easy hoops, and then they got the crowd into it. And, and you know, that that was, to me, it was really important for them. So um, I think those those two things, and just ball movement, I think they if they move the basketball, they got so many guys that can get to the hoop. Uh, you know, young freshman can, obviously, Shannon, that's his thing. Um, you know, and, and – they can get those straight line drives and get to the hoop. Yeah, my biggest gripe all season has been the role defining slash no real pecking order. Yes. And, you know, as a coach, you know, there, there's got to be a pecking order when it comes to, you know, offensively, especially. And, and I feel like they haven't defined that yet. You know, you got now it, it's it also it could be a luxury, right? You got three different guys that can go get you 20 or 25 on any given night. Right. It's a good um, curse. But I don't see the the pecking order of your best player, your two best players, and everybody else falls in line. I, I think they play in spurts and in halves sometimes. You can see that role defining. But I just – I don't think it's officially been defined yet. I mean, guys disappear for – Taron Shannon, he's had a great season. Matt Myers obviously had a, a great last six weeks. Um, but sometimes those guys, for eight to ten minutes, you don't even realize they're out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And I think the pecking order, what you said, is so important. And, and, and you know there's always those crucial points in the game. And if you've got some guy that can make the right play, it doesn't mean they score, but they make the right play, whether it's a defensive play or a penetrating kick or a drop down or it could be getting a rebound, you know, making those right plays. And if you've got guys that you can depend on with that, it, it's, you know, it makes it, again, it makes coaching a lot easier. Brandon, yeah, Bill, they got to figure out how to get – they're at their best when the ball touches inside and then both wings. And all of a sudden, like, Matt Meyer can take a normal shot where he doesn't have to step back. I mean, our, our three-point percentage is – I keep following this stat, but it blows me away. We're, like, 327th in the yeah. country or so. I didn't know there was that many teams. It, it, but we continue to take a <laughs> – But we continue to take a bunch of them. Like, we take yeah. more than – and, you know, someone was saying today, like, Ohio State's two-point percentage defense – was the worst in the country, and we fired up more threes than any team against them all season. So I think, like, it starts – I don't know, maybe I'm just starting to get turned into my dad and get old school or something, but, like, like throw the ball into Dane Danger and, like, mm -hmm. let's see what he's got. Like, he's so good for, for multiple games. He scores really well back to the basket in the post, and then let him fling it out and let it – like, let the ball swing around. It just – it sticks in too many players' hands, and then they, they feel like they have to score off the bounce. And it, and, it, and it makes them explosive in both directions, right? They're explosively good a lot of the times, and they go on these crazy 12-0, 16-0 runs, but they're also explosively bad. Like the first half against Northwestern, they, they what, they have 18 points or something? Yeah, days of uh, droughts. I don't know. So that's just like, I think I'll, maybe the one time that all Illinois fandom has been like, 
in the same spot mentally. It's just like nothing would surprise us from this team. Like they could literally beat UCLA. They could they could beat you know they could have a few wins in the tournament or they could they could lose the first game by twenty points. And they're at risk of being in that eight to nine slot now, and you know what that brings. Yeah, I've been there my before. senior year. Again, been welcome before. to the Morris Twins, your second yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't too fun. About but three would... or four NBA players in the second yeah, round. Yeah, they had, a, they had a whip for sure. But I would just say shot selection and turnovers. At the end of the day, like going into the Big Ten tournament, going to the NCAA tournament, the shot selection that they have now, which we've talked about all year, um, obviously you get excited out there, but you can't just go out in there and just jack shots, especially when you're not shooting it at a high clip. You know, you're, they're wasted possessions. You know, we've been there before. I've been on teams where I've been, you know, questionable shot selections. But when you have questionable shot selection and you turn the ball over, you're just stealing yourself. You're, you're, you're stealing possessions away from yourself. So I think those are the two things they're going to have to kind of pick up on if they want to see some success down the road. Yeah. Coach, I, I feel I, like I, you've said that to Brandon before, too, when we were playing about shot selection. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It was coming eventually. I was not going to escape that. Except for Ohio State at home. Yeah, right. right? Nobody yeah. else shoot but Brandon that game. Keep shooting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's no. no doubt. And, it, you know, I think even nationwide, I think because of the portal and not having groups, I think you find inconsistency. Just look at all the conference races. There's just – there's all of them are like 10 and eight, nine and seven. You know, it's just, there's so many, you got a couple teams and then you got that. And that's, that's what I think is going to make March special because there's going to be somebody, a couple of teams that are going to come out of nowhere and surprise people. And I think the big 10 have some teams, including Illinois that could make the run. Yeah, I agree. I think they're, they, they want to be playing obviously their best basketball here, you know, down the stretch heading into the big 10 tournament. Uh, Coach, will you be – obviously, you'll be at the Big Ten tournament? Yes, I am. Uh, oh, I, got, I got a postseason bid. They invited me. The Big Ten Network invited me. So I, All right. I must be doing okay that they go. asked me to come. So That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Coach, we obviously really appreciate you carving out the time. Um, joining us it's great seeing you it's great catching up um we're having a lot of fun you know following um illini hoops we've obviously followed your career after illinois but um thanks for joining um hopefully uh we'll talk to you or see you some sometime here over the next few weeks as as the big 10 season comes to a close yeah thanks for having me on thank you guys it's great great coaching i love you and uh if i can ever do anything i'd be glad to help hopefully we see a big 10 tournament Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.